Hi, and welcome to my podcast, The Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm glad you found me. I'm Renee Beery, and I love empowering women to take on home projects, both large and small. I have been the only girl on the job site for the past 27 years, and I have seen it all. The good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. With my help, I hope you will be able to avoid the mistakes I've seen in the past and go into your project confident and knowledgeable about the industry so that your project is as smooth and successful as possible. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. If you didn't catch last week's episode, I interviewed a friend of mine, a fellow designer, Jill Kalman, who is in Connecticut, and her business model is helping people move out of the cities and into the suburbs. And believe it or not, she had pivoted her business to helping people adjust from all things city life to all things suburban life before COVID. So you can imagine being in a suburb of New York City, how much need there was for her services because people flooded out of the cities during the pandemic. And while we do discuss portions of that, I invited her on to help all of us, me included, to get ready for the holidays. They are literally upon us. It's starting to freak me out because we're also overwhelmed with work and school and sports and everything in between that they often, even though we know exactly when they come each and every year, they sneak up on us. And I will be the first to admit, I am not that uh, crafty as far as setting tables and really decorating for our holidays, right? With all of the little accoutrements and little details that I love to see when I'm in other people's homes and think, this is the year. I'm going to put the time in and I'm going to make it look like this home. And Sadly, I I get it close. You know, I'm skilled enough to make it passable, but Jill is someone who really thrives in that arena. So if you haven't already listened to that episode, I highly recommend it. She really does have some great tips and tricks. And then one thing I wanted her to focus on, which she did an amazing job, was what on earth we're going to do if our home is under construction. And sadly, because of everything we are dealing with, with lead time issues, supply chain issues, labor issues, all construction projects are delayed. So there are going to be a lot of holiday celebrations in either a full-blown construction site or a semi-blown construction site. And it's challenging. I have been working with some clients to to figure out how to best go forward with it and still kind of scrape together some semblance of the traditions that these individual families like to bring to their celebrations with their extended family. So she had some really amazing ideas. I actually took notes of my own. I highly recommend you go back and listen to it because uh, it is definitely an area where, where Jill excels and definitely an area I am not as confident in. So I hope that you will take a listen and really apply the tricks that she recommends because I think it will pay off for you big time. And in today's episode, I really want to circle back to the homeowners and what they are experiencing as so many are gearing up for projects that are starting in the new year. I have been hearing from lots of people in varying stages of the process. Some are still in the researching stage. Some are about to kick off the hiring process of the team. 
And some are in the beginning stages of the projects and the overwhelm is starting to kick in. Well, it, the, really the overwhelm is starting to kick in in many of those stages. So I wanted to take a moment to go through that again, because I feel it bears repeating, um, because it can be so incredibly overwhelming to take on your own home renovation project. And that is how this podcast was born. It is my goal to share the tips and tricks that I use on the very same types of projects that you as homeowners are taking on your own. And whether you have the support of an interior designer, which of course I'm always going to recommend because I know the value that a trained professional can bring to a client and their experience throughout a renovation, or if you're taking this all on on your own, there are still valuable things that you can learn so that you can become an equal in this process, which will create a smoother and less stressful project for everyone. So if you are taking a project on by yourself and you're in the research phase, which I highly applaud, if you have listened to me for any length of time, you know I'm all about research and there just can't be too much of it. Well, I shouldn't say that. You can end up in some rabbit holes and that's just not healthy for anyone. But there is so much research that you can do on your own to educate yourself about the process and the undertaking you're about to sign off on, right? So going into a project, really, truly defining the scope. You know, there's so many times I will talk to a homeowner and they say, I'm going to gut the kitchen. And I listen and I nod and I smile and I say to myself, what does that mean? Are you taking it down to the studs or are you just simply taking the cabinets out? Are you moving the plumbing around or are you keeping the sink, the dishwasher, et cetera, all in the same place? You must be very careful with the words you use, especially when you're in the hiring stages. The contractor, hopefully, will ask you those questions that I just said. But if they don't, you're likely going to be on different pages because he may be assuming gutting to taking all the drywall off and exposing all studs. And you may be thinking the project is just simply replacing cabinetry, leaving plumbing where it is. Now, it's not a huge difference, but as far as timing, as far as estimating, that's a big difference. And you will find out, of course, before the project starts, but then you've wasted that time. So the research I want everyone to do is to figure out what is the true scope of work. And I mean, write it all down, write down the lists, remove cabinetry, remove floor, replace sink in existing location. You know, things of that nature are so helpful in any meeting, whether that's the first phone call to a contractor or whether that's the, you've got the job, let's start estimating meeting. These are the kind of details. If you come confident knowing exactly what it is you want this contractor to deliver to you, the whole project will start smoother, less confusion, open line of communication and allows the contractor to basically hit the ground running. And who doesn't want that, right? We don't want to waste time with the contractor teasing out of you exactly what it is you mean by gutting the kitchen. So these are things, there's so much out there to help you define exactly what it is you want to do, or you simply stand in the room if it's an existing home and say, 
I want new cabinets. Therefore, I need new countertops. I'm going to leave the plumbing where it is because I like it. You know, these are things that seem really simple, but go overlooked so often because people just get caught up thinking that the contractor should do all of this defining. And yes, they will have to at some point, but you will save time. The project will be so much smoother if you come in as knowledgeable and prepared as possible. And now that you've heard me, you have no excuse because it's really, it's not that hard to do. It's just a matter of knowing to do it. So, okay, you've got your scope of work defined. You can start doing estimating on your own. I was talking to a woman the other day and she said, well, would you provide a budget for a bathroom? Now, of course, I can provide a budget for a bathroom, but not based on that conversation because I learned nothing other than it's a bathroom. Does that mean there's a tub? Is there a stall shower? What's in the stall shower? Do they want steam? You're going to replace the toilet? Okay. Is there a one sink? Is it a double sink? Is it freestanding? Is it a vanity? How many lights are in there? You know, they're just an endless list. You can just hear me rattling it off right now. And then within that, okay, let's say there's a tub. Okay, what kind of tub? Do you want a cast iron tub? Do you want a fiberglass tub? Do you want a jacuzzi tub? You know, all of these things. So to say to a contractor, can you run an estimate for me for a bathroom just sets all of you up for failure because the only thing he can legitimately do is use estimates. And they may or may not be anywhere close to what it is that you want. So again, I would do some research so go online, go look at bathtubs. What do they cost? Start educating yourself. Now, it may not be the exact tub that you end up purchasing, but it will get you a whole lot closer than I need a tub. It may be within $100. It may be within a couple hundred dollars, but you will at least know where you stand again before the process gets too far down the road and surprises come up and stress comes up and all sorts of confusion and lost time. These are things, again, that I expect all of you to be doing before you start a project. And to be frank, before you start interviewing contractors. So again, you go in with knowledge like I just said, you may not end up using these pieces, but at least you understand, let's say as an example, you came up with $20,000 for this bathroom that you want to do. And then the contractor talks to you and you are exposed to different resources and you fall in love with something that's more or less. And then the contractor comes back and says, it's going to be a $25,000 budget. Now that still may be a deal breaker for you, but if you came in with nothing, meaning zero, and he said $25,000, that's going to be a very different reaction than knowing that what you chose was around 20 and he came in at 25. So just even emotionally, this is a tool that you can use. It's free. It just takes your time to go out and do a little research on the project you want to take on after you've defined the scope. You see, these all are steps that build upon each other, and they are important to do early enough on that you also have socked away enough money. So if you've estimated 20,000, then I, of course, always recommend you sock away a little more. So that 25,000 would still fit inside your budget, right? So these are really important tools and tricks that you need to be doing so that you start your project off correctly. 
Okay, so now we're into the hiring. And I was talking with a woman last week who said she had someone hired. This was in Texas and it fell through. She didn't go into details as to how it fell apart, but it fell through and she was on the search for another contractor. She is not living in Texas yet. She is moving there. So it does prove much more difficult to find a contractor. So she said the engineer and the architect were recommending a specific contractor that they've used in the past. Great. In my opinion, that starts the list. That is not the guy not until you go through the process of interviewing them. Just because an architect and an engineer that you like recommended a contractor does not mean that that contractor is the right guy for you. You need to meet them. You are the one that will be dealing with that contractor every single day. That architect, he likely maybe goes on the site in the beginning, maybe once a week, Towards the middle of the project, maybe not at all, maybe comes in if there's an issue. He or she doesn't have to work with the contractor day in and day out. So my advice to this woman was fantastic. You have one candidate. Go find two more. And she was quite surprised by it. She's like, well, how am I going to find them? I said, well, you can go back to the architect or the engineer and ask them for additional candidates. It's not unreasonable to ask to meet more than one person, especially since the original contractor didn't work out. And again, I don't know why. It could very well be just a scheduling issue. I didn't get the impression there was anything terrible about it. But don't just settle for whoever is put in front of you because it's easier. And that's what this woman was thinking she would do. And and I really want to caution people against it. She has a pretty sizable project. So this relationship that she essentially was signing off on without even talking to the contractor will last at least a year with the way of the world now, likely 18 months to two years. You better like the person. You'd better get along with them. Have a rapport. Have confidence in the person that you are hiring. And by the way, you're paying for this service. So you really need to do the research. You really need to dig in and make sure it's someone that you trust to take on this very expensive investment to your home. So, okay, we've talked about research. We've talked about budgets. We've talked about hiring. And frankly, those are pretty, quote, obvious topics, right? You know you need to be doing research. Chances are you're not doing enough, but now you know what you need to be researching. You know that you're going to need a budget. Chances are it's not fleshed out enough or in enough detail, but now you know and you can go back and do that. And you know you're going to be hiring a team. And now you know why it's so important to go through a very thorough process when hiring your team. But the part I see people really misunderstanding until, frankly, it can be too late, is your role, the homeowner's role in this project. Now, again, I mentioned earlier, you may be working with an interior designer, so this won't totally apply to you. But I'll talk about it at the end because you still have a role that likely you aren't expecting. But so if you are taking on this home renovation project on your own, you are no longer the client. You are an active team member and you really need to make that mental shift from consumer client to team member because 
I see people thinking to themselves, well, I've hired this group and they're going to produce what I need. Okay. That is a very simplistic version of what's going to happen because all along the way, at each and every stage, that could be daily, that could be weekly, that could be biweekly, you are going to have to make the decisions on countless items. And they are not decisions that can be made by anyone but you. Now, you may be thinking, well, no, I think the contractor will make some of the decisions. And yeah, there are times where a contractor will make a decision on your behalf. But I will challenge you. Do you want the contractor to be making decisions for you, for your home that you will live with in the end, you know, after he's gone and moved on to another project? I would think you wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't. Now, don't get me wrong. I am not talking about how to frame a wall, how to incorporate the local building codes, you know, things that are truly construction. I am talking about the moldings around the windows that the contractor needs to install, the windows themselves, the layout of the windows. Are they divided light? Are they single pane? Are they double hung? Are they casement? You may not even understand the words that I just said, and that proves my point even more, that there are going to be so many decisions that are on you to make throughout the project that you can no longer take a passive role in the process. You will actually have to step up and make the time. And this is where I see people go wrong. They say to me, I had no idea how much time they would need from me, Renee. This is a crazy. They're calling me morning, noon, and night. And yes, yes, they are, because they need to continue the work so that they stay on the schedule that they presented in the beginning. And so any delay in decisions that snowballs into their schedule and dominoes into other areas. So I really want to convey how much effort, energy, and time that a homeowner needs to understand that will have to be given to this project from the beginning to the end in order for it to be a smooth project. And again, that goes back to research. So if you don't know the difference between a casement window and a double hung window, you can Google that. You can see examples. If your contractor asks you to decide between two things, again, ask him to write it down if you don't even know how to spell it, and you can Google search it. Have him bring examples so that you are being as informed as possible before making decisions. Because I see too often the client sort of smiles and nods because they want to convey that they understand everything, and then they make a poor decision and they say, I didn't quite understand it. Well, then that's on the homeowner. You need to be okay with the fact that why would you know all of the construction terms that a contractor is going to throw at you unless you're a contractor or unless you've done multiple renovations in the past? It's okay to say, I don't understand what you just said. Do you have a picture of that? Or can you show me one? Or can you explain this further? And not a single contractor I've ever worked with has ever looked at a client and said, no, you need to just decide, right? That's just absurd. Of course, they're going to explain it to you because it benefits them 
for you to make a decision that you're comfortable with because that keeps the project moving forward. And it is the goal of everyone on the site to keep a project moving forward. (laughs) Even during these insane times with delays and labor shortages and everything else, we all still want projects to move forward, even if it feels like it's at a snail's pace, which it does these days. So these are all topics that are critical to fully understand in the beginning of any project so that you are not caught off guard either financially or in time commitment or in research and everybody understands what their role is and how it's all going to play out. I just can't say that frequently enough. And so these are the items that I incorporated into the Only Girl on the Job Site course because I find all homeowners fall into this category. They're missing something. Some might be missing the research in the beginning. Some might be missing a true budget. Some might be missing the definition of the scope of work that they even want to do. And I'll be honest, most are missing the understanding of the time commitment and the involvement and the role that they're going to play throughout their entire project. And quite frankly, there's lots of people who are missing all of those components. So I built those into this course so that you can go even deeper than what we're discussing right now. There are checklists, there are questions to ask. And then inside of the private Facebook group, there's a community of people that are doing the exact same things you're doing, only they're going to be at different stages. So there's so much more advice and ideas and tips that everybody can gain something from. So I really recommend if you are about to take on a project, even if you've just started a project, and frankly, if you are mid-project and things just aren't going your way, then this course will write that ship. It will prepare you for a smooth running project that will keep your budgets in check, that will keep your sanity in place. And frankly, it will end smoothly. It just will. And please hear me. Smooth does not mean there won't be surprises. And you know, if you've been listening for a while, the surprises are inevitable on every job. There are times you just can't control them, but that's okay too. If a project is running smoothly, if it is a well-oiled team, then surprises don't derail a project. They just simply don't. They become an annoyance. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Surprises are no fun to anyone. But if everything else is smooth, they become an annoyance and not a detriment to the entire project. And That's what I want people to avoid. Because trust me, I can't go anywhere and tell someone what I do for a living and not hear horror stories about their renovation projects. And more often than not, I think to myself, Whatever you just said could have been avoided if you'd only known in advance. So I highly encourage you to go to my website, check out the content inside Only Girl on the Job Site course, and I know you will find something in there. I know you will find lots of things in there that make you think, that make you scratch your head, that make you feel more confident managing your own renovation project. I poured all of my experience into that course. I distilled it into really understandable bite-sized modules and lessons. It's all self-paced. 
So you can take it as you need it, jump around to the individual lessons that are most pertinent to what you're working on, or you can start at the beginning and slowly make your way through it if you haven't even started the project. Now, of course, that's the way I'm going to recommend you doing it, but I understand that if you are midstream, you may need to jump around to get the most information, the most knowledge at that moment. But Regardless, there's so much in there for each and every one of you with your projects, with your sanity in check. It is something that you will never regret having in your toolkit. And I want to hear all about your projects. Please, people reach out to me all the time. I love hearing what they're up to because I love hearing people's excitement for their project. And my goal is with this content, whether it's the podcast, the course, the digital products that are also on my website, all of these things are built to help protect that excitement. Because if you have the tools and tricks in front of you, you can stay excited. You don't have to get into that overwhelm stage, which once it grips into you, it's very hard to get out of. So I hope you have found this helpful. I hope you are taking notes if you are doing a renovation project in the coming months. It seems like everybody's gearing up for a very busy January 2022. I know we are as a team. And I know that we can start on a stronger foot if we all go in more knowledgeable and confident in the beginning. So thank you again for your time today. I always enjoy these conversations and I look forward to our next time together. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to reach out to me. You can email me or direct message me through social media and we can start a conversation about what it is you're going through right now. That will also help me come up with other ideas for future podcasts that I can share with everyone, as I assure you, we're all in the same boat together. I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to my podcast and leave me a review. If you would like to find out more about me and what I can do, please go to my website, www.devignedesign.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope to hear from you soon.